life. Sports. A celebration. Welcome, America, to the TC and Jake show. We may very well do a show about being humble. On the celebration of life through sports, Humble Wednesday. Humble Wednesday. Humble Wednesday. You nervous about Sunday? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not because we're playing uh, the worst team in the league. We're seven and zero. That's I'm what not the Patriots to, said. I'm That's, not going to get exactly play the mentality the Patriots had because it's a the Cowboys play at noon, so I won't get to play. But we'll wrap this up eight and zero. We'll be the oh. one seed. Uh, my week for the Cowboys is the playoffs for us. So rack up two there, and that would mean we would be uh, if if they take care of business this Sunday without me, which I have full confidence, uh, and then get two more. That would be twenty nine and one since I joined the team. Well, if you're not playing whenever the Cowboys are playing, are you even on the team? Like the, this, the, they play a lot. There's a lot of overlap here. Nah, we asked. How many scheduled- of these thirty games have you played? 24. Okay. So we what's your ske- record? We have to be scheduled around the Cowboys. Which, you know, get in the back of the line, right? Who wa- yeah. Who plays in a, in a fucking flag football league in Dallas and is like, hey, just put me on during the Cowboys game. I don't care. You'd be surprised. <laughs> Total fucking there, psychos. Uh, there are a lot of people who, uh, who are, are fans of other teams. I'll put it to you like that. Okay. So not that, that not that worried. Uh, there's 15 teams in the league. They're last in points forward and points allowed. So I think it's probably a fucking route. We're going to light you up. Who? Team Takeover? No. They hadn't won a game all fucking year. You know what I'm talking about. I want to go. Who wants to go with me? My, my own father is refusing. Like last, like this. I mean, I guess we've done it once, but the Bears don't visit just a whole ton, and I felt like it was a, it was a fun thing. And I think there was some miscommunications. Possibly some of them were my fault. We're we're opening an investigation, but okay. uh, but the the result is that I'm I'm asking my own my own dad if we can go we can, if we can have a catch and go to the game, and he's like no. And I don't know any other Bears fans. I don't want to invite was- a friend who likes the Cowboys. Was the miscommunication uh, him thinking that you were going to pay for your own ticket? I am going to pay for my own ticket. Stop it. It's not that much. We're With fine. With your dad? Dude. Yeah, You're yeah, not, yeah. Like, Whatever we went not, last time I paid for my own ticket. You have not bought your own ticket to anything you did with your dad in your life. Incorrect. Last time we went, I bought my own ticket. Is that the only time? I'm sure there's other times that I've paid Notre for Dame? my own. Notre Dame? Every time I've gone the last several I'm 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 I got, I'm going in two weeks. I put all that shit on my card. Okay. Boys haven't even paid me back. I'm a thousand bucks out on that. Not even a problem oh. for me. <laughs> he moves through it, folks. <laughs> Dude, money's just a number. Yeah. It's just yeah. a fucking line on the balance sheet. Who gives a fuck? Not to me. I know, right? I know. Vote Fetterman. Also, please tell your friends to subscribe. I don't want to have to sell my house. <laughs> Boy, you better soak it up. That shit is good as gone. 
<laughs> just enjoy my last few days in this home. Yeah. Yeah. No, probably. With, with with random women walking their uh, babies and dogs by the window. That's what I need. That's why I you got the house. You think you're low? You're not low. <laughs> I'm never low. Not with <laughs> random women <laughs> around me all the time. Just like letting me fucking gaze upon them from my little cave here. <laughs> Maybe you can move to the ecosystem. What's the... I don't want to know. I've got too much to tell you about my... You don't know about the ecosystem? I've got another episode of uh, Unemployed Investigations. That's what we're calling this. Okay. What's the ecosystem? Uh, his lawyers filed like a shit ton of trademark uh, filings and patents to For where... Kanye? Yeah, like apparently he's serious about it. We're going to be like able to fucking, live in the Ed Bass-like new world somewhere in the Southwest. It's like a biodome. Yeah, I'm in. I'm selling my house to do that. Yeah. And like the Rolling Stone did an article on it and they talked to a couple like trademark attorneys and they're like, this is more than just like a a, a headline. Like this is legwork. I mean, like I am thinking back to what this seems extreme. And I guess what I'm doing is I'm, I'm hearing a tiny bit of information and then I'm filling in the full picture entirely out of my own head. Uh, mm -hmm. But maybe that's interesting for other people to hear about. So let me tell you, uh, what, whatever, one of the times that I was out at the lake with the boys uh, exploring the limits of the human mind, we did like quick, like all conversations led to, you know, it was a lot of like, how should the world be organized? <laughs> or like, what, what is the good life? And uh, it, it all quickly got back to just, you know, me and the people I care about just kind of need to find a good lake somewhere, just buy a bunch of houses along the shore and just sort of make our own little thing. Like that, that's, that's the, that's the path forward. That's, that's your ultimate. And if I had Kanye's money, although it's never ever clear to me what exactly that means, he could be like in the hole a billion dollars or he could have a billion in the bank. I never fucking know. And I'd suspect it's the first one more often than I suspect it's the second one. But, uh, you know, whatever. Um, it, for him, it truly is just a fucking line on a balance sheet. That's uh, true. But, uh, you know, I, I think just, uh, just, just, you know, getting some families that you really vibe with and uh, you're all have a shared mission. And just making making your own ecosystem. I don't know. I don't know why more people aren't trying it. And I, I wonder if they are and they just don't fucking have the coverage that Kanye does. So you just don't hear about it as much. I mean, you could go seasteading. Seasteading. I mean, it really is just like, you know, get a cul-de-sac. And I, I, fe I feel like you can mostly get it done. But if you got the money, why not have your own? whatever the fuck a ecosystem is yeah i do think his net worth took like a 75 percent hit or something crazy when adidas dropped him dude don't get me i can't control okay, myself sorry. i i'm sorry. gonna say something that it's not just gonna be me dude the people on these podcasts that gets canceled the guys sitting there listening they get caught up in a lot of stuff you don't want to get <laughs> You you don't know the inflammatory things that I think like nothing to be clear, I don't like believe any of these. They're just so they're just sitting there. Whatever. Let's keep going. I can see the look <laughs> on your face. 
<laughs> what I'm telling you is I don't want this, and I can see from the look on your face that you don't want this. So let's not comment at all. I don't. Oh, I'm not capable man. of being an adult about this. That's what I'm. You're telling gonna lose you. a shoe deal. That's what I'm telling you. It's just too much fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So unemployed investigates. So I've, I've prepared a little presentation for you, for you in okay. the audience. Hey, I'm gonna kind of sit back. How do you think about this? <laughs> yeah, How do yeah. You feel about this? I just relax. It's comfortable back here, you know. Uh, this is uh, my, uh, you know, in, intense hyper interest the, of the last twenty four hours. We put this together in a pretty short amount of time, although it does start Saturday. So, uh, you remember uh, the night I watched Paris, Texas? You remember that story? Yes. Uh, so since then. I haven't really done anything like that till last Saturday. Megan was at her mom's house. She'd take, oh, uh, her niece has a, a daughter who's her first birthday. And they were, they were going to do like a first birthday during the Notre Dame game. So I'm like out. And, uh, and I mean, you know, it's not like it's her sister, it's a niece, whatever. Um, and so uh, she was at her mom's house. Since she was out there, you know, she just stayed the night. And uh, I'm I'm just left to my own devices, so uh, I I learned a lot about myself in the universe, and in the course of doing that was uh, watching, uh, more or less I'll just say I was watching Matt and Shane. If you really want to get in the weeds, I was watching Matt and Shane appear on Matt's Little Brothers podcast. Uh, and they were discussing, they were going back and forth. I, I don't know. I don't want to explain the whole podcast, but a guy mentioned a series of interviews called soft white underbelly. Have you ever seen or heard of soft white underbelly? I don't think so. It's interesting. I think you would like it a lot. Uh, you should definitely at least like pop on one and see how you feel, but it's a dude. He's got a whole origin story of, he did photography for advertising and had an epiphany one day that all I'm doing is using my art to make the rich richer. And that's not what I want to do. That's not what I want my legacy to be. So he set out to do all of these interviews and he, he photographs the person. And in the interview, there'll be like, you know, a long panning shot of the photograph. They're beautiful fucking photographs uh, of the people at the margins of society, more or less. Like it's definitely like anyone who's got an interesting story. Like it's not not it's not all just homeless people, but it's a lot of homeless people. But he's also got like I watched one last night that's like a prison warden. Uh, there's one of like a cop who had PTSD. Uh, but the the vast majority are like I'm a fentanyl addict. Here's how I came to be a fentanyl addict. Um, and so I was watching a couple of them where. You've heard about the trailer parks. This one happens to be in Florida, and I feel like a lot of the times I hear about them, they're in Florida, so I don't know about the quirks of their laws versus ours, although I do know this kind of thing exists out in, like, fucking Seagaville or something, uh, where it's trailer parks that are all sex offenders because they all have the same restrictions about where they can live. I believe there's one in Fort Worth. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll bet. Uh, and so I, he just, he clearly just went out there and was just like, anyone wants to talk, I'll, I've got this shit set up, pop on down. We'll tell your story. Cause he's got, I mean, I watched like four of them and there were more. Uh, and so one of the ones I watched, I think this was, I think the dude's name was Mike. So if you are trying to find what I watched, it's soft white underbelly sex offender, Mike. 
and uh <laughs> okay <laughs> and uh he uh he's telling the story like i don't know it's it's a wild 20 minutes all these things are because there's a real pattern in several of these where it's like i was abused heinously as a child and then i grew up and i abused other people heinously like you can really kind of see where all this stuff leads. And uh, so he's talking about how when he was a kid, his mom was taking money from people like to pay their groceries to like, hey, you can come and do anything you want with my seven-year-old, Ooh, which is insane. So he runs away. And when he runs away at like 15 or whatever, he meets another dude who's also – gay because like he's he's gay and he's got like in his i don't know if the wider gay community wants to study his philosophies i doubt that they do uh but he's he's very much like a well you know i think that's how anyone gets gay is you just get touched a lot by men as a kid and you just you just kind of like oh, that's good i don't mm. think that that's how but whatever you know i i can't no uh, but that's interesting though yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that one person who d did live that that then says like, "This is how it goes." You, you do. You should at least like, I don't know, kind of be like, basically what you said. You should say that's interesting, though. Mm. Um, and so he meets another gay guy that's uh, also a street urchin, and he's like, "That's not a respectful term." Uh, well, then whatever the respectful term is, I'll They're try and They're experiencing being unhoused. <laughs> okay. I feel Street like Street urchin? What, are, <laughs> what are you, fucking Walt Disney? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It, 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 it feels like, uh, I, I stand by that. <laughs> nah, dude. When you say street urchin, I'm thinking of soot. It's not like he thought he was doing well. Like, he knows it's a fucking tough spot. And I'm just saying, I agree. It's a tough that's spot. That's a good that's a really good point. Um, <laughs> and so uh, these two these two fellow urches are talking, and uh, one of them's like, you know, a nice little shortcut to uh, living the good life is uh, there's just a whole bunch of dudes around here, grown dudes that'll pay you a ton of money if you just do stuff with them. And he's like, I mean. It's kind of the pattern I've been on, but I didn't get the money. So right. done. Sign me up. And so he's going around this circuit, uh, just having paid as a fucking 16-year-old, 15-year-old, having paid sex with the various men of the Rochester, New York area. And he comes to understand over a period of time that they're all fucking judges and lawyers. Yep. This is like the controlling class of Rochester, New York. The people who are making the rules, deciding how the rules are interpreted, etc., that are just like, well, it's a hard job and I do need to blow off some steam at the end of the day. So I'm yeah. going to hire a 16-year-old to come and take care of that. Some people beat off outside of a preschool. <laughs> some people do. Other people um, hire a 16-year-old. I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, there's several instances of this, like... One of the side projects of this podcast is to draw attention to these kinds of things and just be like, man, I've, I've got some questions and let's explore them here. Um, and so he, even in that, was like, I'll tell you all about all this, but I'm not naming names. I don't know what would happen to me if I did, so I'm not going to. And I mean, like, he's right. old now. He's in his 60s. And this happened when he was 16. He's talking about his dad's a fucking World War II vet. 
which is like how old do you have to be for your dad to be a World War II vet? Um, yeah, and also, you know, in the, like his mom that was doing the fucked up basically pimping of her seven-year-old, uh, she was married to the World War II vet who was older, and uh, she married him when she was 14 and had like seven kids, like starting then. Uh, yeah. So like all these people, you're not, you're not left with just a ton of questions about like, how did they come to be so fucked up? Um, and so I'm listening to all this, this, you know, him kind of hinting at, uh, at least in this community, that there's a network of people who all know each other, know that they like this thing that society agrees is one of the worst things you can like, but they're like, you know, fucking, we'll just keep doing it anyways. And it got me again, focused on the topic, which we pretty much perpetually are. And one of the areas that I had always kind of known was out there to explore, but hadn't really looked into was the, uh, the Franklin scandal. Do you remember, or have you ever heard of mention of, uh, the Franklin scandal in Omaha, Nebraska in the late eighties? No. So it's definitely something they will mention on come town from time to time. I know that, um, uh, Nick's seen the documentary that I watched last night. Oh yeah. 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 That's right. I, I'm, I'm vaguely aware of this. You're right. Yeah. I have heard him mention that. And so, uh, I think Chapo's seen it. Certainly. I think that Chapo talked to the guy that wrote a book about it that came out in like 2009. Um, and so I've kind of lightly looked into it before. The first thing I did is the first thing I always do, which is look at the Wikipedia page and kind of the most explosive thing here on some level is the Wikipedia page because what's going on there is fucked up. The Wikipedia page is like, this is a hoax that was disproven. And they build it on evidence that you can't really deny, but it's, it's one of those things of like, none of the things they're saying can be directly refuted, but they're not telling the truth. Like they're, they're, they're not coming close to painting a full accurate picture of, of what happened. Uh, and so I walk into this whole thing very skeptical because I'm starting from the Wikipedia page uh, and just being like, all right, I'll watch this, but I'm, I, I'm a short mind, so I can probably fucking disprove how this documentary is. And at the very least, I'm still left with many questions. It's not like I walked away being like, well, it's obviously a hoax. Um, so the, uh, the basic deal of what's alleged to have happened here is there's a guy, it's a bit confusing, but his name is Larry King. It's not, it's not <laughs> that shoulder. Larry King. It's, okay. uh, it's an African-American gentleman who ran uh, the Franklin uh, Credit Union in Omaha, Nebraska. And the IRS discovered he was doing misdeeds, and he did go to jail for a long time uh, for stealing $40 million with the way that he was running this credit union. That's too much. And he was uh, deeply involved in Republican politics. He was definitely interested in being one of the special people of Omaha and just wielding a lot of influence around Omaha. And it kind of like, you know, uh, the Epstein thing, like with all this stuff, I, on some level, these people certainly have a real problem with their relationship with sex. But on the other hand, it's also just a means to an end. The way that, off, I mean... I don't know, pretty much everyone who has a sex addiction, it's not really sex. Like there's something else going on. And I don't know if I'm exactly, whatever. Um, but so 
this guy, you know, like Epstein, is trying to do other things and just have influence, have control. And one way to do that is to have other people who are brought, bought in on these. Like, if you can abuse children together, there's a level of trust that's going to allow for other things. Like, right. you know, business relationships become easy at that point. Uh, and A real prisoner's dilemma. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're caught in. And so you, you have to trust these people. And so now you do. And you can do all kinds of other things that require trust, like have financial transactions and shit like that. So he's doing that with the various uh, people of Omaha. One that's mentioned in the documentary, and the documentary is called Conspiracy of Silence. It's on YouTube. That's where I watched it. If you just uh, if you type in like, I think it's like Conspiracy of Silence, you got to say like Franklin. Because that's an, that's a big, you know, everyone's using the title "Conspiracy of Silence." It's a that's a great fucking title. It is. You know? Who's it not clicking? Hit, yeah, sure. Um, but so that's what's alleged to have happened: is that you got this guy, Larry King. He's trying to wield influence in Omaha, so he's got these other people in Omaha who are also rich and don't care about consequences, and they're getting together and doing this kind of stuff. And Larry is supplying easy, easy credit to a place in Omaha called Boys Town. It's like its own zip code, its own uh, school district. It's like a, it's a huge started out as like a, a home for orphan boys and oh. morphed over time to like just, you know, a center where troubled youth can live. And it's run by the Catholic Church. And hmm. uh, Larry's giving them all sorts of lines of credit. And the allegation is that then they're not being real fastidious in checking him out whenever he's like, you know, Hey, I've got an event coming up. Uh, I just need some guys to like come and like serve as waiters or something like that. Or like, I'm just gonna be hanging around and talking to a bunch of these kids, just teaching them <laughs> life lessons. Sure. Uh, you know, don't worry about it unless you want the credit to dry up. And so they're, they're like, yeah, yeah, just come on by. Um, and so he does all this. He gets caught uh, for the embezzlement and they start to look into all of the various allegations against him regarding the pedophilia stuff. There's a woman in the documentary. Her name is Carol Stitt, where she was working for Nebraska Child Protective Services, like high up in Nebraska Child Protective Services. And... Uh, was one of the ones that was taking these reports. Like, you know, she would sit down with people at Boys Town and be like, hey, so what have you heard? What happened to you? Tell me about your experiences. And she said that she had, I think her words were a stack of paper a mile high of testimony of people being like, you know, I heard that this was happening to this guy or like this directly happened to me, that kind of stuff. And so she refers that to... Uh, I think like the, maybe the Nebraska authorities, maybe the FBI, one of the, probably Nebraska, because it's, you know, within the state, she's already within the state bureaucracy. And there's just a lot of like, I don't, you know, there's things here where like, I'm confident I have a sense of what happened. And there's things here where it's like, just kind of a shadowy, you know, the powers didn't want us to know kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, harder to prove out. Because there's a lot of like, light allegations of like, and the guy doing this abuse, he was a police officer. So, you know, all the police were behind it. But there is a lot of instances of police receiving these reports and being like, yeah, we're real busy. And so they they do not 
react seriously to uh to Carol Stitt's thing. Um but uh or maybe I forget how the uh state legislature investigation starts. Maybe that was it. Maybe they do. Um but that's there's the only people who take this seriously is Carol Stitt takes all these allegations seriously. Um there was uh, and then it ends up in the Nebraska state legislature where one of the state senators uh, hires a couple investigators, opens an investigation like through the legislature to find out, get to the bottom of all this. And so it's like these, you know, the two investigators, um, another state senator, so two state senators and Carol are like kind of the only people who are like, boy, this seems really fucked up and I have some power. So I'm going to try and figure out what's going on here. And uh, one of the people who was an investigator talks, again, directly on tape on the documentary of we were just hanging out in the streets of Omaha talking to any any urchins. If you want to come up with another word beside urchin, I'll happily use that one. But uh, urchin seems good to me. Street people. They're talking to some of the street folks. And, uh, again, say that they have something like the boys town. Like we couldn't believe how many people were like, yeah, there's definitely something going on. And so they, they got all those, all kinds of those sorts of documents and, uh, they're trying to put this whole thing together. And so they end up with, I think, yeah, there's, there's three of the people who say that these things happen to them that go on tape on, on video camera explaining what happened to them and that's something that it becomes hard to deal with and the way that they go from being in this real you know the 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 perpetrators this go from being like backed into a corner of on tape video testimony from three separate sources to getting a wikipedia page in 2022 that says that this is a big hoax is i don't know exactly what happens the first one's like a guy named Paul, and he's in the documentary, like still making the allegations. I guess he must have recanted his at some point. I don't know. They don't talk about that a lot. Um, but then you got this guy, uh, Troy Bonner, and a woman named Alicia. And they get, they pressure Troy to recant his testimony and then get him to say that Alicia. Who does? The FBI. Okay. Like, and the, you know, state authorities, whatever. Like the, the F cause he's, he's in the document at this point, like at the time the documentary is made in like 1994, um, he feels bad about how all this went down and he wants to set the record straight yet again. So I don't know, you know, maybe view him as someone who's flip-flopping, but I, I, to me it suggests that it's at least certainly possible. Like he did fucking say on camera multiple times and all these things happened. And that is what his current testimony is not i think if you dig into the details as i've done it becomes pretty convincing to me that he's lying whenever he says that they didn't do it uh there's a tape in the documentary i meant to cut off audio on some of this stuff but i don't know i've got so much to say anyways and uh whatever um i just didn't have time to uh to to prepare the audio but there's a tape uh that was recorded by the people by the FBI that like told him, Hey, we need you to recant this testimony and then we need you to wear a wire or like record this phone call where you're calling Alicia and being like, Hey, why'd you lie about all this stuff? And so they play the tape of him being like, Hey, Alicia, we know, we both know that we lied about this stuff. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I never lied about anything. 
you know that this all happened. You were there. You saw it. And yeah. so she's like not knowing that she's being recorded and is like, you know, my honest truth uh, is that we didn't do this or that we didn't do the lying. We did do the the abuse or we received the abuse. And he's got, you know, investigators looking over his shoulder. So like who's more likely to be truthful there? The person who right. has people directly pressuring them to lie in the room or the other one? Um, and she, uh, I think it was last year. It might've even been like April of this year, did a podcast interview with the guy who wrote the book, Nick Franklin. And I listened to that today and yeah, she's clear headed about all this stuff. Uh, as far as, you know, what happened and who was pressuring and everything like that. I do wish that they had spent more time in the interview on, with all this stuff, I, I wish they'd done a little bit more painting the picture of what the abuse exactly looked like and how it happened. And Are we trying to get off? Definitely not. That's a quite an accusation level. You just want more detail? Why? Well, I, I want to like know what happened. Like so much of this is about the meta story of how this was covered up, but like what exactly they were covering up. I, I just think I'd give at least 50 50 to that. Like, we got a fucking pedophile ring, guys. I want to know what, like, I, with all this stuff, like, I, I, I want to know what it looks like so that we can stop it, so that we can, like, have a sense of what exactly we're up against. I don't know. Like, you know, it's not like you uh, would get to descriptions of the Epstein allegations that are like, I'm turning away. No, definitely not. You're right. And you know what? I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I, I guess it's because uh, now it's very popular for our political watchdogs to like clip sermons from churches in towns where I live. Sure. Yeah. Because they're just fucking insane. But it was weird to me to like watch that and think about, I guess like when I went to, uh, I went to church camp, I want to say three times. And you're there for like, you know, five days, Mary Harden, Harden Simmons, something like that. Mm -hmm. And they would have a guy who was like, he seemed really old to me at the time, but in retrospect, he was probably like mid-20s. It's nuts like, how that works, but yeah. Yeah. No. I know what you mean. Yeah. He just seemed like a fucking old guy to me, and he's probably 10 years, 10 years younger than I am now. But it's kind of an odd setup if you think about it. Uh, not to like say that every church is involved in this, but that guy had a significant amount of power over me and my female colleagues. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah, dude. There's and no, it, that's not a good, <laughs> yeah. It's super weird if you go back and think about it. Like, I don't mean, again, we were in like male only dorms, but I mean, he was talking to us about like sex stuff, which at the time didn't feel weird because he was just an adult talking to us about the stuff that we were curious about. Which probably is also happening at school. You know, there's an era of school yeah. where they got health class. Yeah, but I think with a church thing, it's your your guard More is down even. Yeah, that's true. Is is guard, your guard is down even further, and like it's very rare, at least in my experience, that you run into like a female youth pastor. Yeah, it'd be wild. It's just all like twenty eight year old dudes with goatees. Yeah, and they just have like this immense amount of demonstrable power over many more 12, female 12 astronauts than uh female youth pastors 
Eh, Beto. Certainly in percentages, but possibly in absolute terms as well. Possibly in in raw numbers as well, yeah. Um Yeah, so they uh they get Troy to say that uh Alicia's lying. Uh they charge Alicia with eight counts of perjury for giving testimony to or like for her like taped confession or not confession, but like the whenever she's telling investigators, hey, these guys were like pimping us out, like flying us. Cause this is where it gets like out of, you know, I don't know. Um, they definitely say that part of what's going on here, and there's a key part in the document, like late in the documentary, where they just got Paul standing on a street corner in Washington talking directly to a guy. And they're like, yes, this is the building they flew me to. They had like a regular party for like a political cause. And then after the party, they break out the drugs and the guys who know what's going on stay, stick around. And it's just young kids being brought in and you can do whatever you want. And so I, I don't know. You know I mean? Then it's like so much bigger than like fucking Omaha, Nebraska power people, like the, the couple dudes who control Omaha, like passing around a couple people. Uh, and it's like, you know, fucking... There's a, uh, and with all this, like, it is so crazy. Like, that's one of those things. It's like so big. It's hard for me to like feel confident that it, like, if someone were going nuts, that's the kind of thing they would make up, I guess is the, the biggest thing that's tugging at me. Um, but like one of the dudes, uh, who was accused of all this, Henry Vinson, uh, went to jail. Um, another one, I, I've meant to look into this. Um, but a guy named Craig Spence, uh, that was like accused of, you know, running this whole like a uh, gay pedophile ring, um, died of AIDS, uh, is like a young man. And like, that was kind of when the investigation stopped into him. Um, <laughs> one of the guys, one of the, uh, like powerful men around Omaha that was accused of being all up into this, uh, was a guy named Peter Citrone who wrote a column for the Omaha World Herald. And uh, it wasn't kids from Boys Town supplied by Larry King, but he was convicted of two counts of luring children to his home and then touching them. Like that was just in a court of law. It was like, it's done and dusted. That's not controversial. The state fully agrees he did those things. And so it's just basically, you know, this woman, Alicia, being like, yeah, he did that with me, too. And there was some organ like they, they did a little bit more like a uh, forethought into how they supplied the kids. And that's what ends up on Wikipedia as it was later found to be a hoax, because whenever she got charged by the grand jury of perjury, there was the like grand jury charging document says this was a well orchestrated hoax by a few individuals and they mean her. And, uh, you know, she like is not saying it's a hoax. Uh, and you know, here's one of the crazy things. She got convicted of the perjury. Mm. Uh, it was at that time, the longest case in Nebraska state history. Uh, she's alleging all kinds of shit about how it was conducted wrongly. And it, you know, it was one of those deals where it, it came back as, uh, the jury being like, uh, hey, judge, we can't come to a conclusion. Please just declare a mistrial. And the judge being like, well, I get to decide whether or not I do that. And I'm deciding not to. So you guys keep fucking talking about it. 
And then they came back and were like, all right, fine, we'll convict. Uh, which, you know, it happens in the justice system a lot. Those convictions count the same. Uh, but it, I don't know. It, it just, there's a lot going on here. And I, I just, when I hear her, I think something happened. And then whatever, like the fucking guy, one of the guys she's accusing is also fucking convicted of all this stuff to just dismiss it out of a hand of like, well, I don't need to hear anymore. The jury said it's a hoax. So it's a hoax. That it doesn't seem like the standards that the good people at Wikipedia should be applying. Uh, there's also a whole story behind the documentary that I watched where it was a joint effort between a major television broadcaster in Yorkshire, England, and uh, the Discovery Channel. They were teaming up on this. And like a week before the thing was set to air, the Discovery Channel came in and were like, we're not doing it. We'll, we'll reimburse you the cost of making the documentary. Um, you know, you'll be whole, it'll be fine, but it doesn't get to air. And so the thing that's on YouTube is like missing a couple shots. Like it'll just say like shot missing, uh, because it never went to television. It never, mm. you know, it was, it was never shown. And there's like, I don't think that the, the, you know, our, uh, our, our dear friends at the discovery channel are like committing acts of pedophilia. And happened to be in the same network as the the people in Omaha, Nebraska. But the guy who was conducting the state investigation reports that, like, he again, he's sitting on camera. He's a state senator in Nebraska sitting on camera saying directly, I was sitting on the floor of the legislature. Um, God, I don't need to sidetrack this, but... Nebraska is one of the most interesting state legislative setups in all the world. And I think that, or not all the world, all the country. Uh, and wherever we talk about the states being the laboratories of democracy, it's one that we should really <laughs> study. But Take a look. We'll just put a pin in that. <laughs> we'll, we'll put a pin in that for a, for a second. I'm fairly familiar with Hawaii's because I watched like a three-hour thing where they were trying to fire their football coach. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's the only unicameral state legislature in all of America. Okay. Like the the rest of them have a House of Representatives and a House and a Senate, and some like a uh, conservative nutso in the 1900s decided that paying all of the paying both houses was a bad idea. So he fought. So he's like, just have one fucking house do it. Um, and I don't agree with him broadly on a lot of things, but I think he's got a point there. And. I like I think that it just I think that if you look at governments where there's fewer veto points like if you have two legislatures each of them is going to have a veto point the fewer veto points you have the more likely that like the the you know unadorned will of the people is going to be expressed it's like you know um countries that have fewer veto points are found to have less inequality like inequality stems from, in, in part, the powerful being able to being have a, lots of lots of spots where they can get someone, where they can get enough campaign donations in that they can sabotage whatever vote is needed. If you've only got one of those, then it's harder, and good ideas can pass more easily. So whatever, it's not like a big thing here, but. We're talking about the Nebraska state legislature, and I do love the Nebraska. It's not like Nebraska has no inequality, but <laughs> it's not the only problem. But, you know, it's it's a step in the right direction. Um, so uh, 
This guy sitting on the floor of the Nebraska State Legislature receives a phone call at his little phone that he's got at his desk down there. And the person on the other end of the phone is like, drop the investigation. It's going to be bad for you if you don't. You really don't even want to see the kind of stuff that's going to happen to you if you don't drop this investigation. So probably just better for all of us if you drop it. I think their big thing was is like, this is really going to hurt some Republicans if you keep doing this. And you're a Republican. I'm a Republican. The people you're investigating are Republicans. How about you just don't investigate them? Um, so he reports that the, uh, the, the investigators working for him, one of them is on the documentary, uh, saying that she received similar threats and that she, uh, had talked to the other investigator and he had seen his car tampered with like pretty obviously numerous times where like, you know, he'd come back and like shit's rearranged in there. Like where he doesn't think that they're trying to hide that they're doing it. They're trying to let him know I can get into your car whenever I fucking feel like it. And so that guy um wanted to see the uh the 1990 MLB All-Star game with his uh his 8-year-old son. It was a a beautiful contest played at Wrigley Field, one of the true historic parks that this country has. And uh he went from Omaha to there on uh like a two-seater plane. Like he he was an aviist himself. And so he he flew from Omaha to Chicago. Um he told the Nick Franklin guy says he talked to five different people that said that another part of his Chicago trip was to get proof photos of, uh, these people committing the acts that they're alleged to have committed and that he had acquired those photos in Chicago. Uh, he gets in his little two seater plane, flies back. It explodes over a cornfield in Aurora. He and his son die. The, uh, the photo, like the, his briefcase is never like it, you know, the, basically they think that the, the, so explodes is like, you know, somewhat, uh, I don't want to present that if it's like, that's a settled thing. There was an eyewitness that is on the record at some point, like in the early reports, there's an eyewitness who says, yeah, I saw the plane. There was a sound. There was a, you know, I, I visually saw an explosion and the plane came down. In the later reports, that's not there. Is that because it was scrubbed by the powerful or is it because the guy, you know, like turned out to be a crackpot? I don't, you know, I don't fucking know, but it's not in there. But so, at some point, the guy said, I saw an explosion. Uh, it is not uh, up for debate that the plane broke up in flight. So like, you know, instead of like uh, one of the engines fucked up and then it crashed and it was intact when it hit the ground, it's definitely this plane blew to pieces in the air because of something. Uh, so that's, that's a, you know, that's an agreed upon fact. Um, can I just ask you this? Yes. Like if you were trying to really get to the bottom of a pedo thing, would you be flying a two seater? You know, it's one of those things of like, I'd be like, well, I've opened myself up to something here. If you're trying to prove that someone was killed like, uh, on purpose, two seater plane, you're not loving your, your hand there. No, Just because every everyone's worried about a two seater plane, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I I'm I'm with you. I admit that, but like, it's not great. You know, you definitely like I said, Franklin's got five people who told him this guy's carrying photographs of of this shit, and you know he's he's bringing them back to where he's gonna fucking turn them in, um, and you know, numerous people involved had people being like, something's gonna happen to you guys if you don't quit fucking around. And then something happens. Yeah, you know, of the some things that could happen, two-seater plane going down, 
don't don't love my don't love the draw there but yeah yeah uh, you know just just file it away with the rest of the stuff though all of this you know i don't know i i i'm not sure that uh the reagan white house like knew that the that they were just trying to extract the the good young men of boys town to do whatever they wanted with but i'm looking at all of this and anyone who can confidently dismiss it out of hand the way that they're doing on this Wikipedia page, uh, that I'm, I th- I'm positive that they're wrong. I don't know how. I don't know to what degree. I know they're wrong. Well, let's end with this then. Let me ask you. What is it that makes people who have a lot of power and money and resources, I guess those are one of the same, like want to fuck a boy? I mean, I think on some level that the way of proving you have the most power is to do the thing that you most are like forbidden from doing. And, uh, you know, the whole, uh, you know, the, the only two true sins in American politics are a dead girl or a live boy. Yeah. And I, I guess that they're uh, feeling like dead girl would be too far. <laughs> like that, that one's going to be real tough. Cause uh, I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a horny guy. Yeah. Yeah. Even in my old age, but I just don't think I'd ever, I just don't think that there's a, a scenario where like if I won 680 million at Powerball tonight, I don't think I would be offering you a million dollars to have sex with me tomorrow. See, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Cause of- that is what that me fucking you, that is the forbidden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that is. That is as off the table as it gets. Yeah, I've got another point, but I'm going to put a pin in it real quick. To uh, I got something on that. <laughs> I've had something on that. I've been carrying okay. around. Okay. Okay. I was I so uh, we both listened to the podcast Two Bears One Cave. I can't remember. I might have mentioned this. If I already mentioned this, then stop me and I'll move on to my other point. But uh, they were talking about they were going through the hypothetical of like if the mafia captures your friend and they're like we're going to kill him unless you fuck a guy. Would you fuck a guy? And I'm like, that's an easy yes. I don't think it would be that hard. And whenever I thought, I don't think it would be that hard, I had a moment of pause where I was like, does that mean that I am gay? <laughs> and, I, and I was thinking about it some more. And the reason I said it's an easy yes, it, what I was thinking when I said that to myself in my head was, it's an easy yes because I know I could just close my eyes and imagine like a man and a woman having sex. And so I think that means that I'm not gay because okay. in the end, what I like the, the place I'm going for sexual arousal, even if it's an, a man in the room is thinking about a woman. Okay. So that's, and like, you know, I just, I know whenever I'm thinking, whenever I'm just like walking around the house and something makes me haunt, it's never like, boy, that guy <laughs> looks great. That's right. never happened. So even though I would, for the, for the life of another, uh, have no problem uh, laying down with a man, I, I feel that I can prove in, in a court of law I am not, in fact, gay. But the, uh, the, the, do you have any comment? No, not really. Okay. Uh, so the, the other point I want to make is uh, that's on the why would you do it with uh, little boys thing, that's kind of what I was saying of like, I, I don't, I don't feel like it is about sex at that point. 
I feel like it's about like deeper stuff and like compulsions and power and you know like it's it's not like uh that you find them to be like so hot like that you're looking at like their legs and you're like hubba hubba uh I think it's something about like what they represent you know like the most forbidden of fruits or innocence or you know I don't fucking know and I mean you know there are people who like you know, the guy in soft white underbelly that I was talking about to kick off this whole thing, Mike, uh, you know, he was not a rich, powerful man, but he went to jail because he molested his wife's two sons, like from another marriage. And, you know, I think he like just thought that that was a good time. Like you listen to him talk about it. like he, he speaks about it, honestly. And it's interesting because the, from the perspective he's talking about it now, he went through all the court counseling and they convinced him that it's bad. Like he, he gets it, you know, like whenever he was mm. doing it, he's like, this is fun. They're going to like it. It was fun. Whenever I did it as a kid, it's like a cool thing to do. Having some old guy come and show you like how all your stuff works. It's really neat. And, uh, you know, now sitting there today, he's like, I was wrong. It really fucks him up. Like, I didn't really understand how bad it fucked me up. I, like, someone pointed that out. I've got it all. And, like, that's in the uh, the New York article that we talked about several times about the German pedophiles in Berlin that made the, like, ring where they're, where, like, the state was handing orphans to pedophiles as part of their plan. Uh, that guy. So they'd be loved. Yeah, yeah. That guy, like, the guy who came up with that plan, the respected uh, expert, had a kid of his own. That like like a, a, a orphan of his own, and that guy ended up uh, killing himself. And the dude, the the orphan killed himself. The guy who had the orphan, uh, then like you know, some years later, was reading research where in it, like it clicked with him of like he killed himself because I fucked him up. Like I made parts of his life that like he needed to thrive. I cut him off from. And that's why he killed himself. And like now the guy walks around feeling tremendous guilt for this wrong thing he did. But like at the time, so like, you know, we sit here and look at it and I, I don't know how this applies to the Omaha people. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't fucking know. Because uh, it kind of like they they strike me as evil. But if you ask me like someone like uh, Mike, you know, the that's, uh, you know, molesting his, his wife's kids, like if he's evil... Uh, you know, if he just told me like the molest his wife, kids, I'd be like, yeah, dude, he seems fucking bad. And he definitely is. He agrees on that. Uh, that's I'm not moving off of that. But I would say watching that interview changed my perspective on that. Like it gave me a deeper understanding of what's going on there, uh, which is, you know, he he just didn't see things the same way about it that he that you and I do. And like he now thinks that the way that you and I see it is correct. So I'm not doubting that it's correct, but it just, you know. People who don't like the the disconnect is not that they think it's as wrong as we do and they want to do it anyways. It's that they don't. Henry, I'm making an important point. Uh, it's a good it's a good good point to finish. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, you know, and and uh, they just see it as they 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 don't they don't see they don't agree with us on how wrong it is. That's my point. Well, this has been depressing. Um, <laughs> I really needed it. <laughs> yeah, That's kind of where I am. Yeah. yeah, I know too much. Life's just been too easy. There's too many good things happening. Yeah, everything's so. just turning up my way. So just trying to help good. out. Can I get the meter back? Uh, well, I don't have anything. So, 
we'll uh, we'll talk to you uh, tomorrow. Yeah, let's do it tomorrow. All right, cool. All right, bye. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.